Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Where are you right now in your life? It might be three in the morning where you're at because you can't sleep. So you said, let's go listen to a priest and a rabbi. That's going to rock me to sleep. Uh, I am Father Christian. Next to me is Rabbi Matthew Durbin and also our producer, Evan789. And we are looking forward to bring you an, uh, a fun, well, I would say fun, but an exciting episode about what, does, what is the Trinity or what is similar what would be the Holy Trinity of the Jewish faith? Now, there is no Holy Trinity. When we speak of this, just a preface for the show, the Holy Trinity from a Christian standpoint, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, but Rabbi Durbin came to St. Mary's Episcopal Church. He preached and he taught on a Wednesday. And it came up about, why don't you believe in the Trinity? So Rabbi said, listen, I got you a Trinity. And so he presents his, if he had to come up with a Trinity, and which is the, which God, Torah and Israel, those three, is there a primacy? Is one bigger than the other? Do they all work together? Can you have one without the other? We're going to get into all that. And right now, he just walked in the door. Rabbi Durbin is here, my brother. So are you ready to parse this out on today's podcast? I am. I am. Although it's a, it's a pretty big topic, uh, probably need more than one show to, uh, to, to unpack it, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I think, Let's I do think, it. I think we're totally, totally ready to do this. I think we can definitely do this for one episode. We just keep the ball moving. So, all right, everyone, we'll subscribe to this podcast and share it with others who enjoy interfaith talk and discussion. Uh, we love to build the community. So hit the subscribe button on whatever you're listening to right now and share it with other folks. Share with three people, three people who say, you know what, I think they really get into this. Hearing a priest and a rabbi talk about faith, politics, uh, theology, we're going to get into that. So this is another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. Enjoy. from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over-allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Bay Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, grab your Bible or Torah, and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. Good morning, everybody out there on Facebook, on WSTU 1450, everyone who's on the internet tuning in to follow this ridiculous show that we have no idea how you allow us to be on the air. It's called A Priest and a Rabbi. My name is Father Christian Anderson here in Spirit, Florida, and I am next to the most dapper rabbi this side of the Jordan River. It is Rabbi Matthew Durbin from Temple Bachayam. Uh, my brother, how are you this morning? I'm I'm great. I'm great. It's been uh, it's been it's been it's been quite a week of uh, 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 being together uh, from preaching in in St. Mary's last Sunday to our interfaith kind of Judaic conversation on Wednesday night, and now uh, a priest and a rabbi. It's been a, it's been a lot of Father Anderson this week. Oh man, and, and in person. Normally we're all digital, but we were in person, uh, and and that that blew our mind because we haven't we have not seen each other in person for over years. Always been this, 
Uh, but the coolest part was that you had the chutzpah, that's today's Yiddish word of the day, to walk into a Gentile worship place and um, tell people that Jesus is not the Messiah. That's bold, dude. That's bold. And you stay committed. And I am, a, I was impressed by that. But Rabbi did come and preach two sermons at St. Mary's Episcopal Church. And then he came in on Wednesday and did a talk back, uh, and, which was just awesome. People don't want to leave. People don't want to leave, dude. It was an hour and a half. I thought I was going to stop it at an hour. And it was a 6.30. I said, okay, we'll stop it at 7.30. People just kind of sticking around. I kept looking at the audience. They weren't falling asleep, right? And then finally hit 8.30. People have their hands up. They still want to ask you more questions. We had our Pentecostal pastor want to ask you, what do you think about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity? And that's why tonight, to, well, actually today, we are talking about that, the Holy Trinity, because you, my friend, made an amazing comment. You proposed a Trinity for the Jewish tradition. And so well, we're going to talk well, about this let, today. Let, let, let it, was, it was Rabbi Durbin's proposal, not let me let me, let me let me go back. You know, certainly as 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 uh, a Jewish community and certainly the Jewish faith, we do not subscribe to a Trinity. However, if we had to, uh, I I think we would look at it in terms of God, Torah, and Israel being both the nation and the peoplehood of of if we had to kind of mark it that way. Okay, so that, we don't believe in a trinity. We don't believe in a trinity. I know, and we got, we got, you got to put that, that that preface there, so you don't get in any kind of trouble. You don't want your congregants coming after you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we're going to get into what does that really mean for the Jewish tradition, the, the, these three. So, for we know, for we got Christianity on one side, which is the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, and then on the one side for for Jews, Rabbi Durbin is creating his own fictitious trinity, just for this show, of Law, which would say Torah, God, and Israel. I'm really fascinated about that last one, about that being making your trinity. So this is kind of like today is like really, what are your top three? Give me your top three things of being of, of the Jewish tradition. <laughs> what are your top three beliefs that you think that's just it, Jew? True, right? Like when we look at it Judaically, I mean, you know, I, I, we, we can't have one without the other, right? When we look at it from, 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 you know, a, 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 a Torah perspective, we get the words of Torah divinely inspired by God, right? So God and Torah kind of work in tandem together, gives us the blueprints, the understanding, the values, the ethics, right? Ritual, custom, law, we get all of this wrapped in um, with the understanding and how we access in some way God. And then, of course, through God, gets this 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 understanding of a nation uh ethnicity um you know a peoplehood a state uh, you know a land that we can call our own so it's kind of you know it's cyclical okay so 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 this is this is what comes up a lot so let's just just jump right into this rabbi all right so if you're on a desert island you're on a desert island you're out there you get stranded out there or you you were born on a desert island right and you there's no torah like as in the physical book um, you're not in Israel, okay? You're just on this desert island. All you've got is the experience of the divine. So wouldn't that say that, that you don't need the other two, that you can have God stand alone and you don't need the rest of that Trinity you just said? But I think, I think in some way, even if God were to stand alone, I think that there would be knowledge that would be imparted upon me uh, through some way through my tradition that I would gain through the access or the understanding or the the opportunities uh, to understand and to learn, you know, the words of Torah. 
So but look, even if I didn't have it. God's going to love you no matter what. You're not dependent upon that book. I mean, I used to propose this in seminary to, to guys to say like the word of God, the Bible's everything and everything. Yeah. What if you're deaf, dumb, and blind? What if you're Tommy or the musical, right? So that kid doesn't get faith, right? God is bigger than all that. Sure. God can talk to you. You can experience God, mysticism, right? Uh, we know Madonna. She's but I think, I, think, I think what it does inform us and teach us is, look, what I, I, and, I, and I think we need to define what each of these terms are so that we have a greater understanding about what is expected in each, right? Okay. When we look at Torah itself, Torah means to teach. It's information. It's, you know, it's narratives. It's stories. It's the history of the Jewish people. But, of course, we even start the Bible before even the Jewish people. Right. So we start with the stories of Adam and Eve and or we start with the story of, uh, you know, seemingly equality between man and woman. Right. That they were created equal uh, before God. Right. Even we go through the stories of Adam and Eve and Noah and the flood. Right. We get all these stories, but then we get Abraham on the stage. Right. Abraham at 75 years old. God speaks to Abraham. He says, go, go away from the land of your birthplace, this land of Ur of the Chaldees and go to a land that I'm going to show you. Right, so when we look at the structure of, of Torah, Torah in and of itself, as we know, right, we talk about it, five books, the five books of Moses, Exodus, sorry, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, <laughs> right? All five of them effectively show us a snapshot, a snapshot of um, our history, our genealogy, our lineage, all of that, right? Goes from Abraham, Abraham has two sons, right? From one becomes the bloodline of the Islamic people being Ishmael. And of course, through the bloodline of Isaac becomes the Jewish people. And then we follow this all the way through. So then we hear about Jacob and his 12 sons and his daughter, right? And then we get the Joseph saga. And then at the end of Genesis, Joseph dies. We get this Moses saga that starts in Exodus and continues all the way. So I think when we see that, we learn about the values and the ethics. We learn about how we as a Jewish people need to be committed to community, to family, to life, to, to, you know, to express gratitude to all of these things. And then inlaid within the Torah, we get also laws and customs and things we're supposed to follow. So I think there what the Torah represents is in some way a, a, a manual, um, a very vague manual of how we how we live our lives with the values, the ethics, and being committed in some way uh, to our faith, right? Even in there, you know, we have stories of the golden calf and the Ten Commandments, and all of this stuff really gives us the opportunity to be able to see things through a Jewish lens, but also through um, you know the history and the the understanding that we've been you know exposed to for over the last three four thousand years. Okay, so if someone, but let, let, let's just, okay, so you got your five books that's going to lead you through it. Um, but, but in it, it's just, so that will lead you, that was a really good breakdown. Now let's go on to the second one. Now you said Israel. No, oh. I said God. Okay, but is, is there really a primacy here? Not really? I mean, you could, I mean, would look, God you could be say, first? You could say Torah, God, Israel. I mean, really, what it should wait, wait, be. Wait, you would put Torah before God? No. So that's what I was just about to say which is effectively what we would do is to say God is at the center. So God would be, right, number one, God in and of itself. Because without God, we don't have Torah, right? And without Torah, we don't have God. So I would say- No, 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 let me stop you right there. That's my problem with this. I think God's got to be at the top of everything and everything else is just just gravy. 
If you can get the Torah, fantastic. If you can get Israel with it, fantastic. But God is the be all and end all everything. And then we are just but dust. If we start saying Torah is greater than God, we're no, dependent. No, no, no. Or no, we just start saying, I'm sorry, God is dependent upon Torah to be like significant. No, 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 no. You can't, no, no. You can't have think, God think, without Torah. Do you agree with me on that? Ask, can you have God without Torah? Can you have God without Torah? Uh, for me, no. Come on. Come on, if you're on a desert island and there's no Torah there for you, you're just there alone, you will be without God? Uh, no, because if I'm stranded on a desert island and I don't have Torah with me, what can I do? I can, I can pour out my supplications and my feelings towards God in some way that says, give me strength, give me comfort, you know, whatever it may be. So you don't and, need God, Torah. and I agree with you. Look, for me, I wait, think wait, God can you is just say that the again? center. Can you say that again? No, I said, you know, for me. No, no, before that, before that, you said something. It was really weird. You don't say it that often. You said, I agree with you. Oh. <laughs> you guys heard it here first, live. Rabbi Durbin actually agreed with Father Christian. This is a huge hallmark. It only took us 185 episodes to get here. It only did. But I think, I think, look, I think, I think in that way, and I agree with you, God is, and especially for Judy, Twice. God, is, God is at the center. But again, it's the revelation that God revealed and gave us this gift of Torah. So I think, look, if we were to go back on that initial conversation, you know, if we were to compartmentalize and really put in terms of, you know, first, secondary, and, 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 and third, I would say God, Torah, which then leads to the nation or the people of Israel. And I think that we need, we need all three to work organically and symbiotically for all of us to be able to, 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 to gain the most knowledge and experience out of it. Okay, 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 I'll go with that. Because if when, for formation, spiritual formation at the church, God, number one, it's a relational God. You have to be in relationship with God. Now, what helps you get there? The word of God. So you have to be in relationship with Holy Scripture. Then you have to be in relationship with a prayer life. And you have to be in relationship with worship, of worshiping God, and in relationship with service. All these things bring you into a close relationship with God and God's community. But first and foremost needs to be that relationship, that vertical relationship with God. I would go to say, if we, if we start to say, you can't really know God without Holy Scripture, I get that. I understand that statement, but I don't know if I'm fully ready to, to die on that mountain. Because, I, again, I'm thinking about folks who don't have access at all to the Word of God because of either handicap or because of where, where they're at, of location. And now we're saying that they're, they're, they can't know the great divine. Now I do think Holy Scripture allows us to sculpt out and try to understand in our small little brains who God is. But then for, from my perspective, believing the Messiah came, but we don't don't Messiah through Holy Scripture. But can't we also, also look at it from, look, maybe I may be, you may have somebody seeking, you may have somebody that doesn't have the knowledge or the background. Maybe they, as you said, maybe they don't have access or, 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 or the, the uh, ability to access the Torah in and of itself. Well, does that mean that one is less than or has less access to God? I don't think so because I okay. think Judaism, Judaism sees things you know, in, 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 in two different ways. One is what we call keva versus kavanah. The kavanah is the intention behind the action right, as opposed to prescribed prayers, right, we have prescribed prayers, as you do, um, you know, and I think, I think just as a, as a non-sacrator to go back on things, I mean, one of the things that really impressed me, and actually got me challenged a lot after my Sunday experience with you guys um, in your respective community, was in terms of structure, right, we, in, in, in Judaism, we have a very 
very um, strict structure regarding prayers, services, what have you, right? But what it does also say is that although it may be prescribed, there are times where I can add to a service. I can bring in more poetic readings. I can bring more more meaning to it. Um, and I guess I guess that was something too to be able to say. Although Judaism may be prescribed, there's also what we call spontaneity, the spontaneity prayer, which, which look, I may be, I may have very little, if any, Torah knowledge, but that doesn't mean that I don't have access to the divine or access to God. Because I think as long as we can understand what that means, what does it mean to access God? What does it mean to have God in our lives, right? I think to have God in my life means that I, A, on the one hand, recognize God, I acknowledge God, and I exhibit some form or degree of thanksgiving or gratitude. It's that understanding that the world is bigger and, and, and beyond myself, that there is, in, in terms of how we view or how we access God, right? Look, are there Jews that don't believe in God? Sure. Are there Christians that don't believe in God or Jesus? I'm sure. Does it oh, mean that they're less than? I just want a little, I just want that silence to be there for a second. Well, for a moment there, I thought I had froze and I lost my internet connection. So <laughs> <you for> <laughs> okay, you, you said so much stuff right there, so much good stuff, but I don't know where, where, where to begin. Uh, but um, I, I think that, so during the talk back that, Rabbi Durbin, if you're just tuning in to a priest and a rabbi, uh, Rabbi Durbin came to St. Mary's Episcopal Church. He preached, and then he also, uh, on Wednesday, did a teaching session or a talk back. And uh, at one point, a, our, our good friend, Pastor Gore, got up, who's a Pentecostal pastor, uh, was flummoxed or dumbfounded that, that he wanted to know what Rabbi Durbin thought about the Holy Trinity. He says, well, what about the Trin Holy Trinity? Because Holy Scripture says Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now, so this is not just intellectual knowledge for him and as for christians and especially this is if your tradition invites you into experience the holy spirit so for us the holy trinity is you got god the father god the father sends himself or his son in in the form of jesus christ so so that's the second part of the trinity so so jesus that comes in to redeem us all and so when god shows up on earth he looks like a human being uh, not like a giraffe or a dinosaur or like a a, a ghost but is a human being, right? So we can follow God. Then that same Messiah ascends and returns to the Father and leaves us with the Holy Spirit. And so we experience the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, we can learn more about the Holy Spirit through Scripture, and the Word of God teaches us and shows us, but you really experience it. And a lot of times that's just because of you closing your eyes and in deep prayer and being like Hannah in the temple, Right, that the spirit is it comes upon you. It leads to speaking of tongues. It leads to healings. It leads to great wisdom being revealed, prophetic sayings. Um, all that I would say can happen without scripture. Um, so I think Pastor Gore was flummoxed to be like, "Huh? How do you, without that experience of God, that experiential, like it, that's a big piece of the Christian and the Trinitarian experience is experiencing the Holy Spirit." Um, again, that changes per tradition in Christianity. So for you as a Jew, would you say there's, we've, I've, I've asked you this before, but I like bringing it up again. What would be the closest thing to that in Judaism, that idea of experiencing the presence of God? So it's not just an intellectual exercise. It's not just following law. 
right? For us, it's like, do you feel the presence of Jesus Christ within you? Do you feel the Holy, the presence of the Holy Spirit moving you, directing you, guiding you? Is there a language to, 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 in, in Judaism to talk about the experiential? I think, I think from a Judaic perspective, we would look at it from, from, you know, encountering God, right? How do we access or have the, the you know, you, you used uh, a term which was great uh, on Wednesday night, and you used the term ruach, right? In Hebrew, ruach means a wind, it means a spirit, right? The spirit of God hovering over the earth, right? There's something there that says, can I experience and take for myself the spirit of God. And I think, look, as Jews, and I'll speak personally for myself, I see God, as I mentioned on Wednesday night, I see God through my actions and my deeds, right? When I was a child, I had this vision. I had this vision of what God is, right? God as old white man uh, sitting on a cloud with a long gropely beard uh, who, uh, you know, had this, had this notion of, 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 of judgment. Okay, you, good, you, not so good, right? And there was something there as I grew and I, I learned more that said, maybe it's not that figure. Why, as a white man, uh, as we live in a, a, in a difficult time in America right now, because it was something that I could, you know, I think, I think growing up, it's something that we can identify with, right? If I was living in, in other, you know, nations around the world, it would be, right? If I lived in the Middle East, would I see God as an old white man on a cloud? No, I'd see, you know, God as an, uh, as an old olive-skinned man sitting on a cloud, right? It's what we can identify with. But at some point in my life, the vision and the, the access to God changes, right? So now I see God not as this ethereal figure who you know, has on one hand judgment, on the other hand, you know, death or life, I see it as when I do something good and I, I, I feel exuberant or I feel like, as, as my nine-year-old said to me yesterday, on top of the world, well, what is that feeling? And you just said it too. Is it a feeling? Is it a spirit? And I think that that spirit that enters into our body is God, right? I do something good, I feel great. That's God. That's me acknowledging and allowing God in. Because if we're created, as we said on numerous 137 episodes, that we're created in God's image, then therefore that must have some degree of importance and influence. And I see that as if I'm creating God's image, there is a piece of God in me as there is a piece of God in you, in all of humanity. So if I see that as God in me, then the actions and the deeds that I perform fill me with great, you know, a great sense of purpose. When I do something bad, what do we feel? We feel shame, right? We feel shame, maybe we're embarrassed, whatever it may be. And I think that that shame or that embarrassment is us either suppressing God or God leaving through our own work of pushing God aside or out. So, you know, a long way around it, I do see God as, 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 as um, um, not in the Christian sense of a spirit, but I think more in terms of a spiritual connection to something beyond and greater than myself, where I'm able to acknowledge, I'm able to uh, honor, I'm, I, I'm able to give my, what we call in Hebrew, my kavod, my honor, my, my respect 
uh, to God so that I can try and bring the world of God in. You know, we, we, we talk about this, especially when it comes to Shabbat, right? Wait, just before you, go into, before, before you go down Shabbat, uh, so t- I think it's C.S. Lewis who talks about this, that, this, that we, are, we are aware of the right decisions we need to make. And that, that's, 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 uh, there's, a, there's a consciousness we have. And he said, that's God working inside you. And you're aware when there's decisions you should make. You, you have a consciousness inside you. Um, sometimes because of either uh, dysfunction in our upbringing, we might confuse the two. But really, we usually know. We usually know where God is pulling you to make the right decision. Uh, and and when, when we go into what you said, sin, sin being without God, when are we pushing God out? So sin, like within, within like Spanish, I always remind uh, myself, sin without, it is without God. So this idea of when am I trying to push, it, push God out because I want to make a choice that's really based on my own needs, not God's needs. And God will let me know when, when it's not right. Um, but I, as an Episcopalian, I know that my tradition can get heady. We can get heady. We can get locked in our heads. And I don't know if you know this, just like, and that's why I want to present with, with the Torah, with law, if we can get just too heady and focusing just on the intellectual part of saying, I know what's right, as opposed to a feeling and really being able to embellish that and listen to the presence of God inside of me. So what are you talking to me? How are you leading me, God? What's going on here? And I know it in my head, but also you got to feel it in your body to really trust that God is leading you. Because when we look at all the patriarchs, they weren't sitting there getting really heady and sitting on small groups and be like, well, what do you think? Let's put a committee together and think about what's right, what's wrong. Let's discuss the law. Abraham really trusted the, his gut, his heart. Daniel, these guys were just in tune with the, with the spirit, as Christians would say, the Holy Spirit. That's not just a Christian thing. We think that's throughout Hebrew scripture, just different terminology that's used. So uh, I, 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 it's post-enlightenment, post-scientific revolution. Uh, we've lost a piece of that, of really trusting the holy, of the sacred that's, that's really leading me because we've dismissed it uh, in the name of either science or enlightenment and saying, ah, don't get into that weird, weird, foofy stuff. I'm not dismissing science by any means. Uh, but I do think we've lost a piece of that in, in our divine healing. You know, we don't accept but it's interesting you know, we, we talked about this before in terms of one having blind faith as opposed to one, and I would argue that as Jews, we don't have blind faith. We have informed faith, which says that we, we, we acknowledge in some way, um, you know, the importance and, and, and how we bring God in. I mean, I would agree with you. Science. Um, science That's three agreements today, guys. This has never happened. Never happened. The Holy right. Tr- the day we discuss the Holy Trinity, Rabbi agrees with Father Christian three times. Three times. But I think that there's something too about, about that way that we bring God in and the way that we acknowledge God in some way. There's a difference between making something special and making something holy, right? No, okay, yeah, yeah, keep on going with that. That's good. So uh, I will definitely keep going on it uh, when we come back from break. Um, uh, so, so we can hear from our lovely sponsors and those who uh, support the show, as well as many of you who uh, I, I know, um, uh, you know, certainly access our program. So uh, we will we will return when we come back. We'll we'll delve a little bit deeper. And we need sponsors. Hey everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. 
We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here, and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. Now back to A Priest and a Rabbi. Welcome back to the award-winning Priest and a Rabbi radio show with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin. Let's get ready for the second half of the show. I forgot to tell you, we, we, the rabbi was about to do the intro back in. Todd Newton, the Emmy Award-winning game show host, showed up on our show last week, and now he is doing our intro back in because Evan, our producer, said, you've got to utilize that guy's gifts. And so now wow. Newton is, is the voice of a priest and a rabbi. That's, uh, you know what? And, and, and I love what you said, that word. What a gift. What a gift. Took me by surprise. Um, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, that was Evan 789. Uh, so, so we are continuing with the second half of discussing uh, the Holy Trinity. So the Holy Trinity actually, from a Christian perspective, but also Rabbi has presented his own Trinity, that if there's three things that Jews need that are, that they're like the focal point of, of coming into relationship with God, uh, then the three would be obviously God, Torah, and Israel. So let's continue with this journey because I'm really so, curious about the Israel part. We, so, we got to jump to the Israel part because so if we me, run let, out of time. Me, I will get rid of you and get an imam and replace you just like that. So you know, just a couple a couple things just to be aware of, right? I I, I think as we as we talked, God, Korah, uh, and Israel, and Israel obviously is can be broken into many different facets, right? We're talking about the nation, the people right? The culture, we, we look at it um, from all of that way. But if we, you know, when we look at it from, from a three-pronged approach, you know, even the rabbis 2,000 years ago asked the same question. You know, we, we, we actually have a statement that comes out of one of our, uh, a statement that comes out of our tradition from a section which we call Perkei Avot, which means the ethics of our ancestors, really the ethics of our fathers. Uh, and this is a tractate that comes out of what we call the Mishnah, the oral tradition. And the mission itself begins with this understanding that God revealed, uh, you know, the law to Moses, who then revealed to the, you know, to the high priest, to the men of the great assembly. So it shows that that trajectory as we have with a written law, with an oral law as well. But the rabbis also say that the world stands on not one thing, not two things, but the world stands on three. And the three are um, acts of loving kindness on Torah, on service or worship sorry, on, on Avodah, on service and worship, and on Torah. So there is this, this, this understanding of almost like a tripod that, you know, we, we, it's cyclical, we have all three. Um, you know, th there are many things in Judaism that, you know, we look towards, but I think as we, as we broke it down before, really God is at the center, right? God is the end all and be all. Um, and then it filters down as we get through the great works, the great experience, the, the, the overall um, uh, connection piece with both Torah and certainly with, uh, with the nation of Israel. But I, I want to go back on something you mentioned before. Dude, this is like think, a, a, a political debate. You're going to go back to a previous thing. Use your time to answer my question. I go back to something you want to say. Yeah. 
don't I lose do. the Israel part. If we don't, don't lose the Israel part, but I am what I am what I am focusing on is you know we talk about meaning and purpose and all of these great you know ideologies and philosophies, and I think I think with, within within the Jewish understanding, there's something as we talk, as I mentioned before break, of something being special, as opposed to something being holy. Right? God tells us as a Jewish people that we are to make Shabbat holy. Well, what does that mean, right? If I go out and I say, oh, today is Shabbat, it's great, right? I'm going to do things that I can't do during the week that I can only do on Shabbat. Again, that doesn't make something holy. It makes something special. Hmm. The second that makes something holy is when I invoke God's holy name and I bring God in. Thank you, God, for the gift of my family, my wife, my children, my community, right? Or thank you, God, for the gift of Shabbat. It's the acknowledgement and the recognition that it's it's not just about me, right? Thank you, God, for allowing me the opportunity to wake up feeling renewed and refreshed, the gift of the breath of life, but also, God, thank you for this day of rest that is your day as well as my own. There's a recognition, right? That renders something special and, and makes it um, holy. You know, we've said this. We just lost the rabbi. He, comes, just, he just literally left the show. Oh, I say this back. when it comes to, um, uh, you know, to something as, 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 as simple as this, right? And, and it's great that we're doing video so that people can all see, right? Well, this but, but, for is, every, but, but for everyone on radio, they can't see. So what are you doing? So I'm going to explain, right? This in and of itself, what I'm holding is what we call a kiddush cup, right? Means nothing. It's a kiddush cup. We use it for Shabbat. Now I pour wine inside of this and this vessel, it may be special because I don't drink out of this Kiddush cup every single night. If I have a glass of wine with my family, I only use this for Shabbat. That renders this vessel special, does not render it holy, even with wine inside, right? Much like when you have the wafer and you have um, your, you know, your, your cup of wine, it is in some degree, just a cup of wine and just a wafer. But you invoke God's holy name, and you render that peace now holy. When mm -hmm. I fill us up with wine, and I say the words, Baruch Ata Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Borei Pri Hagafen, Blessed are you, Lord our God, sovereign of the universe, who creates fruit of the vine, referring to the wine itself, I've now made this Kiddush cup and its contents inside holy, right? It's the bringing God in. And I think when we look at it from, from those perspectives of God, Torah, and Israel, I think there is that underlying, that underlying you know, assumption and, and, and the ability to be able to say, God has to be in some degree or fashion brought in. Now, I also recognize, as you said, um, and again, this is number four that I agree with you, um, is, I, I, is- Are you feeling okay today? I can. I you, you already had COVID. Yesterday. I may be. Yeah. yeah. I may be oh, that's why you're agreeing with me so much. Okay. Yeah, that's it. It's 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 the COVID shot. It's um, Johnson. Yeah. But there's there's something too about, and I'm blanking. Um, Wait for it. As we bring God in, it also says that, as you mentioned, as well as you know, as Jews, we understand too, is that we are in relationship with God which means that there are times in my life or your life that we bring God in and all of God, right? I am pouring out my supplications and my love and my devotion towards God. And there are some times where I may be angry at God or I may have, uh, 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 you know, remove myself from God. Doesn't mean that I have, uh, 
I have I, I have taken God out of my life. It just says as a relationship, as we have with others in our midst, that it takes work. There are times where maybe we are frustrated, maybe we are angry, maybe we we at this moment, uh, you know, say that God, I need a breather. I need to be able to find out and figure out for myself where I fit in and how I can make this meaningful. So I think I think even there, when we look at God, there are so many there are so many beautiful things that we bring in, and I think that there there, there are times that we are greatly challenged uh, yeah. by by God. Okay, so this last thing you just said, the difference between something special and something holy is, is beautiful. And, I, and I'm sure that you teach that a lot because it's, it's extremely well said. And it's, it's a, I wanna frame it. And I'm just gonna declare this right now. You are coming into our confirmation class with our young guns and you're gonna do the exact same speech you just gave about what makes something special and makes something holy because we get confused in that in the church. We get confused that when we do like do an event into the community that, oh, we're all out here. There's great community. We're all coming together and we're sharing love with one another and love wins. And this is good. That's great. But a secular organization could do that just as well, probably even better than us. What mm. makes it different is that we're invoking the sacred. We're invoking God into this. And there's a reason what, and that leads us to be sacrificial. That leads us to love one another. That leads us in ways of how we treat one another. But it's because of God. And we get confused sometimes, I think, that we're, we just shake hands with the, with the secular and we say, this is very special. It just becomes a special occasion as opposed to our job is to say, no, the Holy is here. We invoke his name. And we in the church have uh, sacramental theology. So we have our sacraments, the seven sacraments. You're, you're a good Anglican by second generation default because you went to an Anglican school. We have these seven sacraments, five sacramental acts, two sacraments. If I just, your, your example was beautiful. I just lift up this bread and lift up this wine and just say there's a symbolic this is the bread that we all share together the wine just like Jesus did no it becomes sacred we invite the holy into it we invite the holy spirit upon it this is something that's beyond just our normal existence our normal understanding this presence that's beyond that we understand of just flesh and blood we're calling that upon us right now this is big in the church we're going to say this bread and this wine becomes the sacred body and blood of Jesus Christ that's nuts that's crazy unless unless you believe in the power and the presence of the divine who's with you and in you and redeeming you and leading you and of course the bread and, and wine can become the body and blood so uh, it, it really is a, a beautiful that that I, I hope that's like one of your your top 10 teachings that you do when you you will you teach you that's 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 fantastic so let's 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 keep on going with this so you have already, and if you're just catching up, I'm, uh, it's, it's a priest and a rabbi here uh, on WSTU 1450, also a podcast and now live streaming on Facebook. Uh, and we're talking about the Holy Trinity. We know what it is in Christianity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But now we're talking about a Trinity-like presence in, in Judaism. And Rabbi Durbin has presented the idea of God, Torah, Israel. So let's, let's dig deeper into this, what this means. Why is Israel part of this Trinity model that you presented? Uh, and, and what do you mean by Israel? Because as Christians, we have an idea of what Israel means now, which is, goes beyond just the country, uh, the new Israel. But for you, so what, why is Israel so part of this Jewish Trinity? So, I, I mean, look, I love the question. Um, I think it's an important one that we you know, examine and, and, and develop. I, I also will speak, before I get to this, um, there was something that was said at your church on Sunday that uh, really struck a chord 
and um, almost got me, I mean, got me teared in, in, you know, I teared up. And it's when your community said, let's, uh, let us pray for the nation of Israel. Hmm. And, and, you know, look, as Jews, you know, we pray to Israel. I mean, you know, our, all arcs in, in North America, you know, they face east uh, and east for a specific reason, east towards Israel, east towards Jerusalem. Um, and knowing that as Jews, we're not alone in this love and this devotion to a land and hearing and hearing you as a Christian faith and as a as a, uh, you know, as, as a church community say, we pray, we pray for the state of Israel. Um, it really took me by surprise. Uh, it really did. Um, it warmed my heart because mm -hmm. a part of me that said, not only as Jews, do we find this as so important for us? Um, it's important to, you know, to all people. I think when we go to Israel itself, we have to look at it from two different angles. One is from a ethnic perspective, and the other is a national nationalistic perspective, right? The nation, the, the nation itself, the modern state of Israel, or, you know, if we don't subscribe to the modern state of Israel, certainly a biblical, right, uh, understanding of the land of Israel. And of course, it is important to recognize that the land of Israel is not the same as the modern day state of Israel, okay? Because if we look biblically, the land of Israel was parts of Lebanon, it was parts of Syria, Saudi Arabia, Transjordan, parts of Egypt, right? It was a region. And then of course, when the French and the British came in and carved up the Middle East to find borders for us and land. I think as Jews, what, what, why Israel is so important for us is multifaceted. One is it's also biblical, right? God speaks to Abraham and says, I will, you know, go from the land of your birthplace or of the Chaldees, right, from Iraq, uh, and, 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 and you will go to this land that I will show you, right? So it starts with this charge to Abraham of land. And of course, the first land claim that we as Jews have to the, to the land of Israel is from Abraham when his wife Sarah dies. And of course, Abraham meets this Hittite, this Ephron the Hittite, and 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 Ephron says it very clearly to Abraham. Don't worry about it, dude. Just take this land, take this cave, this take this cave. It's not important. You don't need to pay me. And Abraham insists and says, "Let me pay you four hundred shekels of silver." Right, four hundred shekels of silver is a tremendous amount of money. Right, even if we did in, in the modern day context, the new Israeli shekel. Right. I don't know what the currency rate is. At some point, it was maybe four to one, right? hundred bucks, hundred dollars, hundred dollars, four thousand years ago, right? It's a lot of money, but he insists. Abraham insists that he purchases this cave, and of course, that cave becomes known as the Cave of Machpelah, which is in modern-day Hebron, Hebron today, where you know it is the cave of our matriarchs and our patriarchs, right? The first land claim. And there's something there about the promise that God made to the Jewish people of having this land being promised and ordained by God. Israel, in and of itself, presents this, 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 this idea and this ideology, especially when we go back to 1947, especially 1948, when Israel was created as a state, modern-day state. There's something there that says it's super important for us as Jews. God forbid that is Jews, and we have been dispersed from land after land after land. We have been expelled from nations around the world, from England to France to Germany to Italy. We have been expelled. What this says 
is that we always have a safe haven and a safe home as Jews through this understanding and this ideology that Israel is there for us, right? Not to negate that Israel is there for others. We know that's the case, right? Israel, and certainly the city of Jerusalem, is multicultural, right? You have three of the world's largest religious faiths that lay claim to that city of Jerusalem, right? We know that Christianity has one of its most important um, uh, churches being the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, right? So for their Christianity, for Jews, we have the Kotel, the Western Wall. Beyond the Western Wall, we have, right, the Al-Aqsa Mosque or the, you know, Dome of the Rock, right? Um, so we have these, 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 these structures that become really important. All three faiths lay claim to Jerusalem. It doesn't mean that as a Jew, and I'll speak, and again, this is just my own commentary. This is not mainstream, but a part of it says, you know, when, when, when I lived in the state of Israel and I lived in the city of Jerusalem, my parents have never been. So it was an amazing opportunity for my parents to come visit when I was in rabbinical school, uh, whatever it was, 16 years ago uh, in, 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 in Israel. And my, my mom and my dad both had the same comment, which was, it's amazing. I always thought that Jerusalem and Israel was for the Jews. And there's a difference between a Jewish state and a state for Jews. Okay, I believe Israel is a state for Jews. It is in some way, right? My dad had said, I never anticipated that it would just be this multicultural, you know, uh, uh, communal pot where everyone can live seemingly together, but ultimately that it's not just for one people. Now, as Jews, we say, look, Israel has been promised, it's been it, it, this ideology that God gave us this land that we need to work and we need to, to you know, to till. Um, we go back, go back 100 years ago. You know, the major city in Israel, Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv did not exist 100 years ago. You know, 100 years ago, Tel Aviv was, you know, go down to the ocean here and you see a big sand dune. That's what Tel Aviv was. It was a veritable wasteland. And what we call the Halutzim, the pioneers, the young Jewish, you know, European who comes over and tills the land of Israel, where you have the Arabs sitting there smoking their water pipes and their nagila and laughing, laughing and pointing and saying, what are you doing? You're not going to make anything of this land. Well, let's go back biblically. Okay, hold up. So let me just get you. So, so you're, you're at a, you're, you're, you're in a, path here which is great and uh i just want to just jump in real quick and ask questions so there's two questions i want to ask here um one because when we start talking about the the the, the state of israel the nation of israel we can go down some 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 rabbit holes real quick so let me ask this one since it's such it's part of your trinity and i'll come back to the show is today's show is all about this this jewish trinity and and israel being part of it uh, we talk about the land, and I, I, there's part of me that gets a little nervous about putting God in the real estate business, right? Of saying God gives us this land, right? We see what Manifest Destiny did in the United States. The Native Americans would have a lot to say about that. The indigenous here in the states about Manifest Destiny that this is a place. It's just God has called us to have um, as Protestants. Um, but um, what if after the war there was other places in the world that the powers that be? thought of creating a state of Israel. 
What if one of those places, I think maybe someplace in Russia or whatever, would have come together? What what would that have been like? Would that still be sufficient, even though that's not matching the real estate that God talks about? In, in or or was it more of just the the figurative sense that it can live anywhere? Israel, our place, our land that we can treat the alien, treat the foreigner, do all the things that Leviticus and everything tells us to do. But that doesn't have to be in the Middle East. If if it would have been decided somewhere else, would that have lessened? the power of, of Israel? So, question mark. You know, I think, I think, you know, I, I mean, it's a great question. I think when we look at it, you know, we, we, we use the term in terms of the land of Israel itself and, and how we understand it, right? It goes all the way back to the early beginnings, certainly in 1897, with a gentleman by the name of Theodore Herzl, who proposed the same thing. And we called it Zionism, which was the belief that the Jewish people had a right to a, uh, to a national homeland and the right to land. Right. But for Herzl, he did not care where it was. He actually proposed two places and neither one of them. They're so caught up. The white, the web can't even keep up with Rabbi Durbin. Can't even keep up with the power that he is proclaiming upon our bandwidth right now. So as we get Rabbi Durbin back, uh, this is, you know, our show right now is just creeping into this hot, hot topic of the nation of Israel. And you can hear us doing this nice dance that this isn't go political or something like that and explosive. But we're really trying to talk about just the power of what it really means for the nation of Israel. Because as Christians, listen, uh, we believe that there is a new Israel and that really became the whole world. Right. And, and then Jesus is, 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 the, is the new Israel that we all embody and live into as well. Um, but uh, but, but th this idea that Israel is everywhere now for us. Now, that's a Christian understanding. And if you guys don't agree with that, that's fine. You can you know, comment in on Facebook. Uh, Rabbi, you, you, were, you were so potent, you're welcome back, that we actually, the bandwidth couldn't hold you back. Can I, can I give you one quick final question here? Because it came in from Facebook and I want to honor the people who are asking us questions. Uh, Monica. Monica Cantor wants to know, why do we say next year in Jerusalem at Passover? Uh, look, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question, right? And, and as Monica um, rightfully says, at the end of our Haggadah, which is our, our, our uh, structured book, so to speak, that we go through on Passover, uh, the, the end line says, next year in Jerusalem. Um, it doesn't mean Next year, we pack up all of our stuff and we move to Israel. What it is saying, however, next year in Jerusalem, which is metaphorical for the whole. Okay, here we go. We, we need sponsors for the show, but I think most importantly, we need sponsors for Rabbi's Wi-Fi feed because you're going to have to deal with a priest now having to answer this question. And Monica Cantor, that's probably not what you wanted at all. So for anyone who wants to support Rabbi Durbin's Wi-Fi feed, please contact us at WSTU, 772-280-9788, uh, give us a call, uh, which brings us, we're get, getting towards the end of the show here anyhow, um, and we always do look for, we're coming upon a new season here for a priest and a rabbi, for people who want to sponsor the show and collaborate with us, if you believe in interfaith work, if you believe that's important that Jews and Christians, uh, we've gotten Mormons, we've gotten humanists all up on the show to keep our discussion vibrant, to keep it alive, to 
really learn from each other uh, to acknowledge our differences. Absolutely don't ignore them, but also to find out all the things we agree on and to grow together. Please give us a call here, 772-220-9788. We'll give you a commercial. You can really talk about who you are, what your business is, and we would love to partner with you. You can also email me uh, at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com, yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. So we're coming to the end of the show and Rabbi Durbin just, you know, uh, is is still paying his Wi-Fi bill. So once we get it back on, um, then we'll be ready to roll. Uh, but there's, a, a, I think this episode is going to show us that we need a whole episode just to talk about, let's talk about the nation of Israel. Let's get into that. Let's talk about it culturally. Let's talk about it politically. Let's talk about it uh, uh, from a theological sense, biblically. Uh, I, I think that really should be where we go. Now, I won't be here next week, uh, but Rabbi Durbin will. So you hold on to that, my my rabbi, and and we will in two weeks take take that on. Um, so Durbs, we, we we're, we're about to sign off here. Um, what final comments on this Trinity? And you got two minutes. No, actually, you got one minute because we got to close it off. But in one minute, can you sum up this? idea of the trinity for judaism of god torah israel so i think when we look at it from that perspective of those three uh each in and of itself spill into one another so that we have a general and a more uh you know a spiritual connection to each and every one of those facets that form the jewish people jewish theology rituals customs traditions uh, all of that um, I think if I were to sum it up in one in one uh, in one sentence, I would say the essence of being Jewish in some way is to be able to give with a free and open hand to uh, embrace and to love life, uh, to help others in our midst that are less fortunate than ourselves, to take the Torah in and of itself from beginning to end, find the middle ground that says effectively in Leviticus, and you shall leave the corners of your field for the poor, is that understanding and that recognition that we also are here to help serve and to help help bring about some semblance of peace and harmony within our world that that's a lot of semicolons and colons and commas to make that one sentence but you did pull that off that was one whole sentence that was impressive all in itself um everyone thank you so much for being here listen if you missed some of this or if you're just tuning on facebook and seeing us here or if you're on the radio right now listen to us you can catch all of this episode and other episodes where we talk about the christian holy trinity we talk about a lot of things uh please uh go to uh, just go on the web and search a priest and a rabbi uh, podcast and you will get our uh, page on podbean and you can listen to every episode leave comments let us know give us questions we're here every single friday at 9 a.m here on wstu you can always find more of rabbi Durbin at temple beth Hayam, and you can find more of me father christian at saint mary's episcopal church here in sunny Stitt, Stitt, florida all right everyone god bless you we love you be good and we'll see you on the flip side <laughs>